Hello and welcome to Let's Break the Silence with Angeline. Let's Break the Silence is a safe space for people to share their experiences of domestic abuse. In this episode, Angeline is joined by Lorraine, who shares her expertise about wellness. Alrighty, good morning everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening from wherever you are tuning in from. My name is Angeline Constantino. I am the founder and podcaster of Let's Break the Silence with Angeline where we help women regain their power after domestic abuse. So you can find our new episodes at letsbreakthesilence.com. Check out the link in my bio. And please subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is Angeline Mitchell. And this um, broadcast is being live streamed on my personal page, on my Let's Break the Silence Facebook fan page, and on my YouTube channel. So please like and subscribe to my YouTube two channel as well. And you can find my podcast on Anchor FM, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. So today I have a very special guest with me, a very, very dear friend of mine. And actually I was on her The Edge of Fulfillment podcast last year in early December, which I'm super proud of because I shared my story of how I went from victim to victor of domestic violence. So her name is Lorraine Lapointe. And let me just tell let me just tell you a little bit about Lorraine. So Lorraine is the dynamic mindset wellness specialist who shows women in their prime where to look but not what to see. She joyfully shares her vital, vibrant vivaciousness to help you resolve the blame, shame game, release your emotional baggage much of which is not even your own, and begin to get a greater sense of peace, power, passion, or purpose. Lorraine masterfully combines her science background and knowledge of the brain with the intuition and insights of hypnotherapy and coaching, so that at the crossroads of logic and imagination, compassionate, service-minded women over 40 can finally stop being too nice. They can stop giving in, giving up, or going along too benefit others, riddled with self-doubt and driven to self-sacrifice by their wicked inner critics that have been giving too much for too many for too long. So Lorraine has found that as you tame the toxic inner self-talk, you feel calmer, more confident, and in control. Because as you begin to trust yourself again, you begin to get what you really want, which is a deep, which is deeper connections, better balance and healthier relationships within a fulfilling life that satisfies your soul. So without further ado, good morning. Good morning. It's so good to see you. So great to see you too. So how are you doing? How are you doing today? I'm fantastic today. It's a wonderful day and I'm feeling absolutely elated at being here with you on the show and being able to being able to talk to all of your your tribe. So thank you for having me on the show. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Actually, I am so happy and blessed that you're here with us. I have a question to ask you now. Who is Lorraine LaPointe and how you know, share us your story of how you got into hypnotherapy. So, yeah, I was just going to say, who is Lorraine LaPointe right now? (laughs) Because I think that we're different people throughout our lives. Mm. And the story of how I got into hypnotherapy, I have to go 
back a few years. When I was in my 40s, both of my parents were diagnosed with terminal illnesses within a couple of weeks of each other. Oh, boy. That, needless to say, changed our lives. I was a busy principal then in schools. I was a teacher and a principal for years. I was a busy principal running a very challenging school. And so it was a time, there was a time when I had my parents both in palliative care, luckily in the same hospital, but it was overwhelming. You know, that that running between school and having all of those stresses that I had as a as a, a, a woman, you know, a businesswoman and a woman in working in the in the field of education mm. and all that leadership requirement and all those kids and parents and teachers requiring the best of me. While at the same time I was expected to parent my parents because as we become ill and get sicker and sicker, we need someone to take over those day-to-day decisions and roles that we can no longer take over. And then, then of course, I was still running a household. Oh, boy. So I know there are are lots of women out there who can probably relate to that sandwiched feeling, that, that feeling. Anyway, so a very good friend of mine saw how stressed and how worried and how anxious I was becoming, just overwhelmed with it all. And she referred me to this wonderful, non-judgmental coach and therapist who is a hypnotherapist. And what this beautiful soul did for me is she helped me to compartmentalize my life. So when I was at school and at work, I was 100% there. And when I left there and I went to the hospital, I was a hundred percent there. And when I came home and ran my, my, you know, for my, my own family, I was a hundred percent there. And then when my parents passed away, she helped me through the grieving process Mm. and to reconcile what light, the meaning of life and death. It was a true gift to travel that journey with my parents, because I really feel that I can, I was able to understand so much more about what it means to live and to die. Exactly. Yeah. And so after, after my parents' death and after the grieving, she then helped me put my life back together. And I remember leaving her home one day because her house, her, her office was in her home and what went through my mind like a lightning bolt was I want to be able to do this. I want to know and be able to do this for others. Exactly. Exactly. And the first thing I did when I left education was become a hypnotherapist. Wow. That is so amazing. Yeah. I was already a coach. I used to coach at school all the time as a, as a principal, you need to have coaching skills. Right. But I could not become a hypnotherapist until after I left education. Now, I wish I'd known then what I know now. I would be a very different educator. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. So let's talk about the importance of mindset wellness, especially when it comes to domestic abuse, because there's a lot of women out there who feel stuck. Oh, yes. 
yeah. yeah. We so in our we we all have this inner self talk. Right. Okay. And it and it's quite toxic at times. And it starts with something that I call the 10 saboteurs. So I work with a partner called Shazad Charmaine, who has who was a Stanford researcher and developed something called positive intelligence. And he identified after 500,000 assessments, he identified that there were 10 what we call saboteurs or inner toxic voices that really wreak havoc in our life. And so a woman who has has experienced domestic abuse Mm. quite often has very loud and very toxic inner saboteurs that tell her evidence would suggest, you know, you're not worthy. You don't matter, Mm. you know, or, or it was your fault somehow, or, you know, or as it happens with betrayal and violent abuse is betrayal. What happens is we try and fix, fix ourselves. We try and get back to a state of normal, what we call normal. We try to be functional again, but what we don't realize it's like, can I explain it? Okay. Let me just tell you a little bit of a story. So, right. Go ahead. Quite often people have experienced grief. Like I had experienced grief Mm -hmm. and with grief, it's like someone rips the roof right off your house. Everything's in disarray. Everything changes. So eventually you learn how to build a new roof and get life back, you know, together again. Domestic violence and abuse is unlike grief in a couple of different ways. Number one, it's, it's a betrayal. Someone you trusted has abused you, has taken your trust and your love and turned it against you. And so the difference between grief and betrayal is that with betrayal, you buy like you, you build a new roof and it doesn't work. You put in new windows and it doesn't work. You buy paint for the walls, nothing seems to work. You know, you read books, you talk to people, you do all of these things, not realizing that what you're trying to build on is a house that no longer exists. It's been obliterated. That's the devastation that women experience violence in the home and violent abuse experience. Now we can go down that dark and dreary path. And a lot of women get stuck. A lot of people get stuck in their story. They become the story about their abuse. However, there is another option. And that is when you're tired of telling your story and when your story is not serving you any longer, Then you can look for the the gift. And I know that some people are going, gift? How is this a gift? But the gift is realizing that you don't have to rebuild the house the same way. You have an opportunity. Interesting. You have an opportunity to rebuild yourself. Stronger, wiser, more vibrant, more powerful. And if I can, Angeline, let's take you as an example. Yes. I mean, you are an amazing example of doing just that. Taking something that was so painful, so critical, could have devastated you for the rest of your days. And instead, 
you've rebuilt yourself to be the amazing person that you are impacting the world. Thank you. And there's many ways that we can rebuild ourselves. Mm. There's, I mean, because I'm a hypnotherapist, the place I love to play is in the subconscious mind. Very different from our conscious mind. So remember those 10 saboteurs I talked about that yes. whisper toxic yes. things to us all the time. They, they tend to lie to us and we like to believe their lies because their lies sound good. For example, the controller. I have a very strong controller. So my controller lies to me this way. It says, okay. you know, if you take over control, things will go really well. People will listen to you and help you get exactly what you need to get the job done. You just need to step up and step in there and everybody will be happy and thank you. That's the lie. Uh. <laughs> when I take over control, what others experience is, oh, it's her agenda. She wants to do and get done what she needs to get done. It's got really nothing to do with me. So instead of people jumping in and helping me and being supportive of me, what I actually experience is abandonment. Um, I never, I never realized the, the, the depth of, of, of ideas and support and what's available out there because I'm too busy with my agenda. My controller the so the lie is that the controller will help me achieve things. The truth is the controller pushes people away. See? But once you're aware that your controller is present in your life, influencing your life and how it influences your life, then you can start to do something about it. Good. But that's the difference between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. Right, right. Your, your conscious mind, like it's the weakest part of our brain. It's the most recent part of our brain to be created, to have developed through history. It, it only holds seven to nine pieces of information at any one time. So it makes a right. meaning and then it moves on. Whether that meaning is correct or incorrect, it, it is immaterial. It doesn't matter. But the subconscious mind is always like it's, it's limitless. It, remembers every thought, every feeling, every sensation. It, it's playful. It loves metaphor. It loves story. It loves connecting ideas. And so that's where I love to play. And that's what hypnotherapy does. Hypnotherapy allows you to move that conscious mind aside so that you can access your subconscious mind. And that's where you know, you can change your beliefs, you can rebuild your house from the ground up, you there can you use your beautiful imagination. I said it, it uh, thank you for that intro. And you mentioned working at the uh, intersection of logic and imagination. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what I love to help people do. Okay. So it's, you know, it feels like play, mm. but it really changes your life. But it changes your life. Absolutely. No, I can see that. I can see that. What I would like to do is just read some of the comments here. Lorraine is, she brought out a, lo a lot of good points about the subconscious mind and the conscious mind. And um, it looks like our uh, live is going to go viral because we're people tuning in from different countries. So, yeah, which is great. So well, domestic, domestic abuse happens everywhere. It's, it's right. not it's not culturally specific unfortunately 
and the domestic abuse if you look at the abuser they too have their saboteurs they're listing and they're influenced highly by their saboteurs that's you know people turn to abuse because they can't seem to get what they want or need in another way exactly exactly now shifting from negative self-talk to positive self-talk that let's talk about that too that's important that's huge because there's a lot of like women and I can say for men too, who they have a problem with turning that around, you know, instead of focusing on the positive, they focus on the negative and then they don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. And the shift is actually uh, manageable, quite manageable with uh, mindset fitness tools. And um, we can talk a little bit about some sure. of them here on the show. Absolutely. Because your positive mindset exists in a different part of the brain. So actually what you want to do is activate a different part of the brain from where the saboteurs live. The saboteurs live in the base of the brain. It's very, very fight flight um, activated. Whereas you want to be able to shift to a higher level thinking, a, a more positive thinking. And the way, can I share with you one of the exercises? Yes, absolutely. This is one of my favorites. Oh, good. So, so go ahead and put your finger and your thumb together. Okay. And just rock them back and forth gently. And what you're trying to do, and you can do this anywhere, anytime, standing in line at the grocery store, you mm. know, any anywhere you are. But as well, actually, that's not 100 percent true, because I did have a gentleman tell me that there's a place that gentlemen can't do this. So <laughs> oh, really? I, won't, I won't say anywhere, but almost <laughs> Okay, okay. as a woman, I can do it anywhere. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so when you feel the ridges on both your finger and your thumb, and you're aware of the ridges on both, switch to a different finger. Wow. And it will probably happen quicker. Yeah. And then switch to a different finger. Interesting. And then switch to the other. And when you get really good at it, you can do it with both hands. Oh. <laughs> I like that. And then what I'd like you to do, and this, this you can do or not do anywhere. I mean, it's up to you. But I like to put all 10 together and then just rock them back and forth gently. Until I can, I'm aware of all the ridges on the fingers and, and my thumbs. Okay. And then I take one hand and I just, I'm trying to do it so that you can see it on the camera. And I just pull it down and go over my wrist. And then go back up. Oh, wow. And then come down the other side. Okay. And back up. Okay. And now notice how you feel. That's, that's a mindset fitness exercise. And what it's done is it's literally transferred or yeah, transferred your focus. You've activated a different part of your brain. And so now you can be more creative. You can be more resourceful. You can into your, what I call your wiser self or or sage mindset it's it's how to switch from those toxic self-talk pieces into the sage mindset and there are literally well there are hundreds of these mindset fitness exercises my clients enjoy an app called a specialized app that is customized to them 
because there's an assessment they can do called the saboteur assessment. So you know which saboteurs are really in your life, like right now. Mm -hmm. And then in the app, the app teaches and helps you implement it in your life so that you so that you can learn a, a habit of switching to a more positive mindset. The switch only takes two to five minutes a few times a day. Like if you practice a few of these mindset fitness exercises, mm. just two to five minutes, a cup, you know, a few times a day, you literally activate the positive part of your mind and you can step into what I call the five superpowers, which human beings have. They have empathy. They can explore things. They can innovate. They can activate. Human beings have so much capacity for creativity and curiosity. And, you know, that makes us feel confident, calm, in control. I find that I sit and I do this quite often when I'm talking to someone on the, on the computer and all it takes is a few seconds of focus. You can do the shift even in, in five to 10 seconds when you practice, it's about practice. So when you practice, you can start to make the shift almost immediate. When you notice that you're being commandeered and influenced by negative saboteur. There you go. There you go. See that? I like it. I like it. Now, what is the difference between hypnotherapy and meditation? I wanted to talk about that. So, oh, wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Well, med- meditation is fantastic. Mm. I highly recommend people meditate. Meditation allows you to do that switch in your mind. And when we get into that lovely state if, in meditation where we're calm and relaxed, that is hypnosis. That is mm. a form of hypnosis. But we're in and out of hypnosis naturally all day long. We just don't recognize it. But the difference between meditation and what the mindset fitness and the hypnotherapy is meditation. You have to sit quietly, undisturbed, you know, for a length of time. Whereas the mindset fitness, you can do, you don't need a mat. You don't need to sit quietly. You don't need to, like, I, I can use my mindset fitness tools when I'm driving in the car. You know, it's all about, it's all about focus. It's all about being presence and presencing and being aware of your body and your, Mm. and what you're aware of. And hypnotherapy is all about bringing you back to yourself. I call it coming home to yourself. Coming home to yourself. See? We spend so much time, we don't realize it. We spend so much time focused out there, (laughs) you know, on whatever it is that we're doing. (laughs) And we often forget to focus in here. Right. Everything that happens to you happens from the inside. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because where I'm perceiving you right now, Angeline, is in here. Okay. <laughs> Does that make sense? Makes sense. Yeah. I don't like the matrix, you know, but I, I'm perceiving you in my mind and, and my mind, my conscious brain will make up a story about everything I experience because it has to make meaning. That's what our brain does. It makes meaning of things. So when I was, so you, you take a two-year-old and you take a two-year-old that, you know, m- mom is busy doing something in the kitchen and she she accidentally goes like, oh, stop it. Sit down and be quiet. 
And suddenly the two-year-old goes, oh, there's something wrong with me. Mm. Mommy's angry. I've done something wrong. I need to fix this. Do you see where all of a sudden you start to go down that path, that story? Exactly. Exactly. And as women who have been abused, you know, Mm. um, he hurt me or she hurt me. I must have done something wrong. I'm, you know, there must be something wrong with me. I need to fix this. Or, you know, like the stories just keep on rolling. And hypnotherapy provides people a way of examining the story if you want to. Okay. And changing it. There you go. There you go. There you go. And I'm trained in PTSD or helping people with PTSD. And one thing that people with PTSD don't want to do is they don't want to relive the journey. Mm -hmm. They don't want to relive the story because that just re-traumatizes you. So when I work with women who have been abused or are suffering with PTSD, we don't re we don't relive the story. Okay. There are methods of using hypnotherapy where we just we work with the emotions to release the emotions so the story no longer has any charge. That's the definition I feel of healing is when you okay. can think of a traumatic event, a, a serious heart-wrenching event and it becomes okay it loses its charge it loses its ability to throw you into chaos that's healing and you don't need to relive your story in order to for that to happen exactly exactly i agree with you totally agree with you very interesting very interesting i'm just loving this but this is a fascinating discussion you know this is it's deep stuff and let's face it it's not for the faint of heart like it's not it's not this is not like oh take the red pill or the blue pill and you'll be okay in the morning and the reason people aren't okay in the morning is because it requires work to release the the emotions release the energy that we've stored in our body around the events especially those who who have experienced abuse I mean, it's triggered every, every safety instinct you have in your, in your whole being, right? Yeah. So I I went to a chiropractor one day when I had had a bit of an accident. I got the cord, the power cord wrapped around my foot as I tried to get out of my van. And I ended up twisting around and landing rather heavily on the ground beside the van. And when I went to the the chiropractor and the massage therapist, both of them said to me, we need to untwist you in the, like you got twisted around and we need to untwist you so that you can get back to normal. Oh boy. And that's what I do with clients emotionally Mm. is I help them untwist themselves. I like that. Twist themselves. See? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Well, I hope your toes better. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was actually my more my butt and my my back. But you know what you mean. I'm talking about that now. I go to my chiropractor once a month, so he untwists, and that's what we need psychologically as well. That's what our that's what we need in our in our minds. And I say this quite often to my clients. I can cut my own hair. I don't do my own brain surgery. Oh. <laughs> So yes, you can read self-help books and yes, you can meditate and yes, you can do yoga and you can go for massages. You can do all of these things, 
But unless you actually go in and start to work on the beliefs and the emotions that are in the subconscious mind, mm -hmm. it's, well, I love massage. Me too. But two weeks later, I need another one. Mm. <laughs> See, I know what you mean. I know exactly. Yeah. Chiropractor, I just go once a month now. Yeah. Whereas, whereas the work that I do with people is deep. It's, it's permanent. It releases, it releases the things that we are afraid to look at, afraid to feel. We all get twisted up inside, you know, we get twisted up. So we drink too much or we eat too much or we buy too much or we, you know, any other distraction we can find. Right. Um, we, we text too much. We're you know, on the phones too much. Yeah. Whatever your distraction is, it's because you're crumpled up inside. You're, there's some pain at some point that you are wanting not to deal with. And the longer you resist it, the bigger it grows. Exactly. Exactly. Which is not good. You don't want that pain to grow inside of you. You know, I've heard you say that many times on your show. I've heard you say that to many women who have been abused. Don't let it grow. Yeah. You know, one of the things that our brain loves to do is relive our stories as if we're still in the story now. Exactly. And it's called the negative rehearsal. So when we go over in our mind, the abuse that we've suffered, we are re-traumatizing ourselves and making our, our brain believe we're still there. Exactly. We're still experiencing it. And I'm not saying don't tell your story because telling a story can be very cathartic, but tell your story for a purpose. I agree with you. And that's what my mentor taught me. Two years ago, when I was on this journey, he said, make sure it leads to purpose. And that's exactly what happened. Like when my parents were dying in hospital at the, at that mm -hmm. very moment, if you'd said, this is one of the greatest gifts you'll ever receive in your life. I would have told you, you were out of your mind to tell me that. And now with the gift of, you know, a little bit of hindsight and the gift of being able to look at things from a different perspective, I can see that watching my parents die was one of the greatest gifts they've ever given. I had the privilege of understanding and forming my concepts and understandings of life and death. Exactly. It, it connected me deeply spiritually. It, it, you know, people, people can believe whatever they want to believe. I'm now very firm in my understanding. And I call that, you know, about what the meaning of life is and, and death and why things happen to us. And, and I'm quite comfortable in what I've learned. And that's why it's a gift. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to touch on something. I want to talk about, you had mentioned dealing with things that make you anxious. Yet not really, it's not really your stuff. So give us some examples or provide some insight on that. <laughs> sure, sure. So quite often I hear people like my clients will say, I feel really anxious and I don't know why. Mm, or suddenly I get anxious and I don't know why. Well, uh, can I tell you a little story that yeah. illustrates why? So I'm, I'm got a science background, so I always go back to the science. So what one experimenter did is they took some mice mm -hmm. and they put them in a box and they injected the smell of cherry. 
And then they shook the bottom of the box to simulate earthquake. And of course, they terrorized the poor mice. And eventually, typical Pavlovian experiment, eventually the mice got scared just with the smell of cherry. They took those mice and they mated them with mice that had never been in the cage. And then they tested the pups. Mm. And amazingly, the first generation of pups who had never experienced the cage right. were terrorized by the smell of cherry. Wow. More interestingly, six generations later, the pups were terrorized or anxious, showed anxiety with the smell of cherry. The implications for human beings is that quite often there are triggers we're unaware of and the anxiety we're feeling is not our own. I see. So, yeah. So with the use of hypnotherapy, I can do past life explorations. We can go back into past lives, we can go back through history and release the anxiety that's not ours. Okay, okay. Now what we've know what we know now, again scientifically, we know now is that the mice in the sixth generation, the first generation, the sixth generation, all the generations, have shorter telomeres on their DNA. We know that the shorter your telomeres on DNA, the shorter your life. So carrying anxiety that is not yours shortens your life. That's true. Absolutely. Living with any fear shortens your life. So people say, well, there's nothing I can do about it. Well, yeah, yeah, we can do lots about it. So you sure. just need to know that there is something you can do about it. And and that the opportunity is there to unburden all that baggage, get rid of all that baggage that we're carrying around. So we feel lighter. We feel more focused. We feel more curious, more creative, right. more present in our life. Exactly. We have better relationships with the people who are important to us. Exactly. And we exactly. feel more balanced. Yeah. I agree. Totally agree with you. So I, I love, I love the work that I do. So I know right now there are a lot of people worried about the DNA that's being affected uh, by things that are going on in the world at the moment, right? Either past events in their families. Like a lot of people come to me and say, Oh, well, my father drank, my grandfather drank, his father drank. So I have a hereditary thing where I'm drinking all the time. We can release that. You don't need to carry that. That's, no, it's not no. your stuff. It's not your stuff, but it's not your stuff, but you can be the person who releases it. And, and that's, you've released it, not just for you, but for future generations. I mean, I, it's too bad. We can't show that with the mice. I know. <laughs> but somehow, <laughs> that. We can't do yeah, yeah, doing past life exploration with mice is not yet possible. No. <laughs> well, and the first nations have all always talked about the tragedy that tragedies affect not just one generation but seven up to seven generations and and so the science has proven they're correct right. and i would invite those who use that word that word nervous yeah. see if you can switch it in your vocabulary to the word excited and the reason being is that in your brain 
it releases a different chemical. So if you're nervous and you say, oh, I'm so nervous, your brain goes, oh, she's so nervous. Let's create this chemical to help her feel nervous, right? Because your brain will do whatever you tell it to do. But if you say, oh, wait, no, I'm not nervous. I'm excited. I feel really excited right now. Excited is a different chemical in your brain. Feels much better. And yet, if you're on a roller coaster, coming down a roller coaster, and there's two people side by side, and they're both, "Ah!" from the outside, it looks exactly the same, right? One is terrorized. The other is so excited and having a great time on this roller coaster. Right. The only difference is how you feel inside. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yes. So let's talk about one more thing before we close this live. I love this. I just love this live broadcast. It's very enlightening. (laughs) Good. And that's what, that's my gate. That's my, my ultimate, you know, a game plan is to enlighten people. We're too burdened. I want to enlighten people. Get rid of that baggage. We're all carrying too way too much. And like I said, I can cut my own hair. I don't do my own brain surgery. I have my own hypnotherapist. I have my own because sometimes I can't, I can't, uh, my brain won't allow me to, to see past a block. Blocks, the saboteurs are there for a reason. Right, right. And they are in control. And if they're fearful that something will happen even if it's not true, if they're fearful that something will happen, if you look at something or feel something or experience something, then you're not looking there. You're not feeling it. You're not experiencing it. And you're carrying it with you for the rest of your life. Exactly. Exactly. Because it doesn't go away. Right. People people say to me all the time, oh, I, I just, I'm anxious, but then it just goes away. It doesn't go away. It goes into your body. It's stored in your body. And then the next time something happens, like cherry smell, you feel the anxiety come back again. Yeah. It never went away. And that's because it wasn't dealt with. It wasn't released. Exactly. And there's too many medical doctors out there, I feel, who rely on medication. Oh, we'll just, you know what I mean? To For the anxiousness, it's... Well, I, I'm not anti-meds. I think meds are very helpful at times, but mm-hmm. medication is designed to make you dumb and numb. There you go. It doesn't, it doesn't resolve anything. Oh, I feel anxious. I'll pop a pill. Well, your body and your mind aren't saying, oh, I could, I want another a pill. What your mind is saying is there's a message here for you. There's something that you need to deal with. And we'll keep, it's like a messenger knocking on your door. They have to deliver the message. So at first they knock gently, right? Knock, 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 and you ignore them. Knock, 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 and then you ignore them. Eventually they have to deliver the message. So they're pounding on your door. And the only thing you can do is turn up your music and pop a pill and make yourself dumb and numb. Or you can answer the door, uh, receive the message. And so the messenger can go away. That's deep and very powerful. Very, very powerful. Now, speaking for myself, I did take an anti-anxiety medication for one year when I was going through my transition. It was clonopin. And then guess what happened? The doctor weed me off it. Well, and, and sometimes you need it just, you just need it to get through so that you can get to a point in your life where you are, 
in a space where you can deal with things. I he said, I'm not anti-medication. I myself went through a three-year clinical depression. I ended up on an antidepressant in order to lift my mood enough so that I could deal with things. Okay. But the depression was all about a decision that I knew I needed to make and was fighting making. I was living with a narcissist. I was living with a sociopath. My body, my mind, everything about me was saying, get out, get out. Sure. Or he could kill you. <laughs> and I was not listening. Mm. So I wasn't listening. And so I started circling that toilet, right? <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Circling the toilet, going further and further, deeper and deeper down into the crap. And it wasn't until I went and saw, again, somebody, a therapist, actually. And, and she's the one that said, we need to elevate your mood. You need to be able to be in a space where you can actually feel again. So we're going to put you on an antidepressant so that you can raise your emotional level to a point where you can feel again, because depression is hopelessness and helplessness. Exactly. And when you're exactly. feeling hopeless and helpless, you don't have the capacity to do the work that you need to do in order to release what you need to release. And once I got to the point where I was able to then do some of the deeper work, hear the message that I was so clearly being sent. Mm. Once I caught that message, then I was at choice. I could stay or I could go, but exactly. I was at least at choice. And I knew what clearly what my, what the message was and clearly what my choice was because you want to be at a hell yes or a hell no. You want to always get to that point where it's a hell yes or a hell no. So you own the decision. Exactly. You don't want to waffle. There's no nothing worse than waffling. Oh, I agree with you. Absolutely agree with you. And so, so once I got to a hell yes or a hell no, I could very easily see I needed to get away. I needed to get out of the relationship. It was the love of my life, I thought. But he was a sociopath. He couldn't love me any more than he could love anything else. He was manipulative. Wow. He was, you know, he was typically narcissistic. And I had thought for 12 years, I can change him. I can love him better. I didn't realize that the message I was giving him is that there was something wrong with him. And because I wanted to love him better. That was so he would be better. And that message to him was exactly what was driving his narcissism. Because I was giving him the message, there's something wrong with you. You need to be fixed. And the more I tried to fix him, the worse he became. And it wasn't about me fixing him. It was about me realizing that I matter. I am worthwhile. I don't need to live in this circumstance. And again, I thank the universe. Like, thank you for that lesson. Thank you for the gift of those tumultuous, absolutely awful five to seven years. I had five years of bliss and seven years of hell. <laughs> and I thank the universe for that seven years of hell because now I understand others. So when women come to me and they're in, you know, they've got children and they've got houses and they've got lives and they go like, I don't know what to do. I don't know. 
I, I understand being stuck in that ambivalence, that not sure what to do, but that's what I help people do. Let's get to a hell no or a hell yes and own your choice. From there, you're standing in your power. I agree. Absolutely. You're standing in your own power and truth. Yeah, we, we are all powerful. We're all able, taking those mindset fitness, mindset fitness exercises, doing those a few times a day, getting centered and present, finding your true self, who you are, and then stepping into that boldly so that you can release the crap you don't need. Answer the door, answer that message, make a decision, move on. There you make go. A make I a decision it. that you own and then you can move on. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Well, we're coming to the top of the hour. This has been really, really great. So in closing, what is, what is the special message that you would like to share with the audience today? The message I really want to, to give the audience is you don't have to live in anxiety. You don't have to live feeling like depressed, anxious, upset. You don't have to live small. You don't have to be ruled by your saboteurs. You don't have to give until you bleed out. There are, there are lots of ways that you can be supported. And one of the ways that I love, obviously, is hypnotherapy. And if anyone is interested in learning more about that, I'm happy to talk to them about it. Good. Okay. Which leads me to where can people reach you? Oh, they can reach me at support. At, oh, there's thank you. Support at Head Heart Synergy. We missed the word head in there. My company is Head Heart Synergy because we align our head, our heart, and, and we live in synergy. So they can reach me at support at headheartsynergy.com. Let's show it again. Here we go. Awesome. Thank you. I'll leave that up there. So for those viewers or listeners who are tuning in, you can reach Lorraine LaPointe at, okay, so I will read it, support at headheartsynergy.com. Perfect. Okay, perfect. Okay, so Lorraine, I want to thank you for being on our live broadcast today. This was very enlightening and very powerful. So Lorraine, again, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for joining yeah. us today. We will see you on the next live broadcast enjoy your enjoy the rest of your day and be a blessing to someone and please reach out to lorraine okay this was powerful thank you bye everyone to hear more inspiring stories like lorraine's check out other episodes of let's break the silence with angeline on anchor fm google podcasts spotify and apple podcasts if you would like to join a safe space, join the Let's Break the Silence group on Facebook today.